Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. We've talked about a number of new types of indoor navigation systems for the visually impaired in previous episodes, but when we came across NaviLens, we thought it was an interesting technology and we were quite intrigued by the concept. We'll talk with Borja Lopetegui, a business developer at NaviLens, about how this innovative technology works and how you can use it for free. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Borja Lopetegui and reflects the corporate philosophy of the folks at NaviLens. Visually impaired people face considerable challenge when moving around unknown places. This is why NaviLens wants to provide them with the information that sighted people get from traditional signage. Basically, NaviLens would be a digital signage that's readable by blind users. And we'll hear how this not only works for visually impaired people, but also can be used for sighted people and can also be used for labeling things in your household for free. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by Ira, an app that remotely connects people who are blind or have low vision to trained agents for access to visual information. Details are available at 1-800-835-1934. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Borja. Hello, everyone. My name is Borja Lopetegui, and I work for NaviLens, a company that has developed a bidimensional code for uh, blind users to orient themselves in uh, public spaces that are unfamiliar to them. Are you yourself blind? I'm not. I'm not. But I work with blind people. And what is your role at NaviLens? I work as a business developer. So as the, um, the, the business is growing and uh, Navalins is being very successful here, here in Spain, we are planning to expand globally. So my responsibility is to take the technology to other markets such as um, the UK, France, uh, hopefully the US and uh, so many countries. Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is the NaviLens navigation system, as well as how it can be used for other purposes. We've talked with several people in the past about indoor navigation systems for visually impaired people. And when we came across NaviLens, it sounded like a fairly unique system that has a fair amount of promise. Can you give us a quick summary of what the system is? And then we can talk about some of its history and how it got started and how it exactly it works. Yes. So the visually impaired people face considerable challenge uh, when moving around unknown places. I'm sure the audience knows that and they have experienced it themselves. So we thought that there was a big gap between the information and the signage provided to sighted people. 
and uh, th there were not many resources given to the blind community. So we thought that the QR code uh, was not enough either because of its technical limitations. I mean, QR codes are very nice for certain things, but for, for instance, you need to focus with, your, with the phone of your mobile device in order to read it. For anybody who might not know what a QR code is, can you describe that? Yes. So a QR code is a code that contains information and the users can read it by simply using the camera of their mobile devices. It's a two-dimensional, black and white, fairly high resolution bunch of squares. Yes, that would be the, the, the conventional definition. Yes, you explained it better. So I guess the limitation there was these are sometimes small and you need to focus on it exactly. So if you're in a train station or some public venue, it's hard for your phone to interact with that system. Exactly. There's many limitations. For instance, you need to be very close to the QR code in order to read it. Whereas with Navalence, you can read the code, the Navalence code from a 12 times further distance. For example, a code that has been printed over an A4 sheet can be read from 40 feet, which is a way bigger distance. But not only that, it's not only about the distance, it's about how quick it reads the, um, the contents and it's about the need uh, to focus. If you need to focus a QR code, then it doesn't work for blind people because blind people, obviously, they don't know where the codes are. How does the Navilens system work? With Navilens, uh, they the only thing they have to do is open the app, they lift their mobile devices, and Navilens will detect all the codes in the facilities. So they sort of scan the environment with their phone, and these Navilens signs, so to speak, are large enough that the phone can easily detect them and doesn't have to have a very clear focus and you can ascertain which code is which. Exactly. And that was very important because most of the signs that we find in the, in the metro or in the bus stations, they're usually high. So as to prevent vandalism or to make sure that everyone can see them. So we needed a very wide angle view for the blind users to be able to scan it. And once the blind person scans several of these signs that might be in the venue, what kind of information or feedback is provided to them? Well, this would depend on the use case. We have uh, museums as clients. We also have uh, public transport operators. When it comes to, to transport, it's usually schedules. Uh, with real-time information or its indications, for example, follow, um, follow that way on your ride, uh, use the escalator, walk down, and you, get, you make it to the platform number two, for instance. So after scanning this code, they get a couple of sentences or a paragraph or some directions about where they are and some more information that's audible to them on their phone. Exactly. It's contents that are delivered in voiceover. Great. And all these signs could be customized by the venue for what they want to have the users understand. Exactly. Uh, this is particularly useful in case of uh, temporary um, information. For instance, if what, what if a public a transport operator wants to send a warning to the users because there uh, some accident took place or because there's some works going on? 
Well, they can do that. They can program the codes and they can send that information and make it available just for one day. Or maybe they want they want to keep it for longer. So some of these NaviLens signs can be tied electronically to other digital signs that are changing all the time so that the operator doesn't need to specifically change the information for just the NaviLens system. Absolutely. Uh, we understand that um, nowadays most of, the, of these processes are automatic. So what we do is that we connect the app to the web services that the client is providing their users with. Oh, so that's great. So this information can be somewhat dynamic and changing with time according to the needs and time of day, etc. It is very dynamic, yes. Can you describe what these signs physically look like? Yes. So it's a squared sign. Let's say it has a, a white square, then a black square, and inside you have different uh, color squares. And the colors are cyan, magenta, yellow, and black, so they're very easy to tell apart. They're very easy. Uh, right now in the cities that we have implemented the Netherlands technology in, everyone knows when we start talking or introducing ourselves, I say, oh, yeah, the ones um, you're the ones who do who print the color codes. Right. So, yeah, very recognizable. <laughs> so people are starting to recognize your signs. That's pretty neat. Yes. I gather you make these signs in many different sizes and each size is appropriate for a different application. Yes. For, for instance, if we take the example of the public transport, for instance, maybe they want, they want to place a code in their facilities, a very big one, so that people can read it from a very large distance. Then obviously it has to be from a considerable size. But we also have very, very tiny, small squared signs that, that we can read from a shorter distance. And what purposes might the smaller ones be used for? There is a version of the Netherlands technology that's available everywhere, and it's the blank tags. So it's uh, basically uh, tags uh, that our users can uh, download it through the application. So they just request them, then they download them, and they can use them. Uh, for instance, they have different Tupperwares uh, inside their fridge, and they, they want to know if it's rice, if it's beans, if it's whatever. So it's as easy as printing the Netherlands blank tags. They put it over the, top, the Tupperware and they can easily identify the contents. So I've actually gone through the first part of this process. Once you download the app on your iPhone, you can sign up for an account and have these templates mailed to you automatically for free. Yes. And then you print them up, cut up the little squares, and then presumably, as you said, you can tack them to different objects around your house. You can identify them. And there must be a way of labeling them. I didn't get that far yet. Yes. So once you requested the tags and uh, so you download them, you print them and you place them wherever you want, then you simply use the Netherlands application and then you have a mode, the quick start mode, where you can manage the contents. So you can make a custom label for each of your Navilens tags. 
Exactly. It's as customized as the user wants. They can edit the information, change it, modify it within seconds. So this sounds like for the home use version of the application, you're pretty much giving this away as a service to people who could use it. You're the business manager. How do you guys make money? So it, definitely it's not through that um, domestic use because that's completely free to the user. But although the, the technology is completely free for the user, we do charge the client. When I say client, it's the public transport operators, the museums, uh, governments, tourism operators, those who hire the technology, uh, those people have to pay. That's a wonderful business model, you know. Ask the venue to provide a service to their customers, and then the customers get to use it for free. Exactly. It, for us, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense that the visually impaired community has to pay for a solution to their needs. Yeah, and it's a great funding model. When you think about it, public venues are already providing access for disabled in terms of ramps and elevators and things like that. So why not extend that same kind of philosophy to accessibility for visually impaired folks? Exactly. I don't think it would make sense to uh, pay because, uh, for, for instance, the um, London Metro hired or created or installed a new ex escalator. Why should I pay for that? It's not my business. That's one of the of the duties that they have. They should be aware of the new trends on the needs and on the solutions they have to provide to their customers. So it should be them, at the end of the day, it should be them paying for it, not the blind community. So I'm wondering when this technology was developed and how long it's been in use. How did this all get started? Give us a little bit of the history. Yes. So Navalins spent six years doing research uh, in collaboration with the University of Alicante in or order to find a solution to cover the needs of the, um, of the blind users. Mm, the idea was to make it easier for blind users to orient themselves in public uh, places, especially in those public places where a GPS doesn't work very well. So it was a very long, uh, a long journey. I was going to say a long fight because, you know, mistake, modification, mistake, modification. Uh, we, we were pretty ambitious. We wanted a very accurate and powerful uh, solution that made sense. Because uh, I would also say that blind users are very demanding, which is a very good thing. So we didn't want to come up with something that with a, a solution that was useless. We really wanted to cover their needs. That was our priority. So you put a lot of forethought into developing a system and how it should be developed and what it should contain for the users. Yes, that's what that's why we. I mean, we always work with blind people. Uh, because they, I mean, of course, they know their, their own needs better than we do. So uh, they should be, I mean, it all started with them and it should always be with them. So you started development a long time ago. When was the first implementation? So the first big implementation was in Barcelona. That happened over a year ago. It was in, uh, so February 2018. What was the application? We carried out the implementation both in the metro network 
also in the bus network. Oh, so you got the entire rapid transit system to cooperate and try this out as a pilot program. Yes, precisely. It was one one uh, metro line and one bus uh, line. What kind of feedback have you gotten from both the rapid transit system and the visually impaired users? Oh, uh, good that you mentioned that because we did the pilot test with uh, blind users. So they were the the very first to give their opinions. And uh, so the feedback was uh, very positive. At the beginning, they were slightly mistrustful. They thought, well, who are these people? What are these uh, color codes? Mm, are they useful at all? And uh, But once they started scanning the codes and having the voiceover instructions and just doing the whole itinerary um, by themselves, they realized how useful and how efficient it was. And what did the rapid transit system people have to say about it? Because they, of course, have to work the back end. Mm-hmm. They were pretty happy. They know that a lot of people have downloaded the the application, and, um, and not only that. Besides, um, we developed um, a second platform called Navilens Go, which would be the um, visual version. So it's a platform for people who don't have any kind of visual impairment. So it provides them uh, visual information. Let's say um, so the the code would become. Uh, a screen for them, and then they they can watch and visualize multimedia contents. They have also um, a visual guide system with arrows that uh, that indicate where smart destinations are. So, and very important as well, the information both from Navilens and Navilens Go is available in up to twenty one languages. That is so handy. I mean. Pete's totally blind, and I'm fully sighted, so whenever we travel, it's my job to read the signs and figure out where we're going, and we get lost sometimes. And, you know, to have access to extra information like that, even for people who can see, that's great. Yeah, there's just so much information you can put on a sign, even for sighted people. Exactly. Uh, their uh, physical traditional signage has uh, a lot of limitations, not because it's bad, but because it is physical. It belongs to the to the physical dimension. So obviously there's going to be a limitation when it comes to the, um, the volume or the extension of the of the contents. With Navalins, you can provide so much more information to the user. Well, this technology would be handy for everybody. I would like to underline the fact that everyone can be uh, somehow blind. For example, when when we get to new destination, we are new in town. We have a very close experience from blind people, and we need help. So uh, the fact that uh, Navalens is delivering all the information in twenty one languages, and particularly in your language, is of great help. So after this first successful implementation in Barcelona, mm-hmm. what kind of acceptance has this technology received and how easily has it been to extend the use of this technology in other venues? Navalens is growing day after day. We do not only have clients that belong to the public transport field, but we also have uh, a couple museums here in Spain 
in uh, Murcia and in Cartagena, so two Spanish cities, we also have installed the Netherlands codes in the headquarter of the Red Cross in Madrid. So uh, many other clients, I can tell you that very soon we will be abroad. That's very exciting. Mm -hmm. So you described the process and how simple it is for an individual to download templates of these codes, cut them up, make their own custom labels, etc. What is the process like for someone like a museum if they wanted to make their museum more accessible, either for the visually impaired or the sighted to give them more information? What's the process they go through and how does that work? That would be a different process. We would license uh, a certain number of unique codes for them. Then we would give them access to a private section in our own cloud system so that they would uh, create the, the codes. They would uh, modify the information, all the contents they want to play with. They can edit. They can do whatever they want with that information. And then it's up to them to print it, to install them in their facilities so as to create an itinerary that fits their needs. So I'm curious, these codes that you print up, they're only five by five squares, but each one can be any of four colors. How many unique codes are there? I mean, we can deliver tens of thousands of unique codes only for one client. So people really don't have to worry that they're going to run out of codes. I mean, if you put 10,000 of these signs up in a museum, you'd probably be covering up the displays. Exactly. But it's a way of uh, providing them with enough codes and that in case of need, if a museum uh, changes or there's a um, temporary um, exhibition or there's uh, works going on, so they have uh, the possibility to use as many codes as they need. So it sounds like a pretty simple process for a venue to set up these signs. They just contact you, register how many signs they want. You help them put their information on your cloud database, and then they can all manage it from there going into to the future. They do it themselves. We really want, I mean, simplicity and um, autonomy would be two core values in Navalins. So that's something we try to provide our blind users with, but also our clients. The other thing that I think is kind of neat about this indoor navigation system, as opposed to others that we've talked about on the show, is... A lot of the other indoor navigation systems seem to rely on some RFID things or Bluetooth technologies, and then people worry about, are the power supplies failing? Do you have to change the power supply? Also, there's some distance issues. They only work within a certain shorter distance. And this sounds like it's relatively inexpensive to print up these pretty simple signs, and they kind of last forever. There's no maintenance. Exactly. Exactly. We are aware that technologies such as beacons or Bluetooth, they can be very useful and powerful for certain things. But we also, when we talk to our customers, they often complain, for example, about the accuracy um, when they, they, use the, they use the beacons or when they use, even when they use um, Google Maps, sometimes the information is not very accurate. Sometimes there can be a mistake of five or even 10 meters. Imagine if um, the technology is leading you inside a metro station. 
and it's telling you go to platform number one and it's taking you five meters away. It's not only about being a bother, but it can be dangerous. I wish I was there with you to have um, to uh, have a demo and show you how uh, Navalence works. But basically, when the user is scanning the code, they are getting instructions. It's uh, there's a voice saying front, front, front to tell them it's in front. If it's slightly on on the left, it will tell them. Uh, so the elevator is uh, on the left, so that they have a very accurate information. And they know where the ele the elevator is, and then when they open the the content and they listen to the voiceover, so the first thing it says it's the distance between the person and the code. So the elevator is five feet away, so the person just walks in that direction and they can find uh, the elevator without a problem. So it's very very accurate. Oh, so that's great because. The telephone can tell by how big the image that they're seeing of the Navilan sign, how far away they are from the sign, and, and probably even the angle. Yes, it has a very wide angle view, so the person doesn't need to be right in front of the code. It will still deliver the information. So this obviously works on iOS devices. Does it also work on Android devices, or are there plans to make it work on Android devices? Yes, thank you for bringing that up. It's available for iOS and Android, the two of them. Oh, great. Well, I encourage people to try out the personal version of these things around their houses because it can be quite useful, and I'm hoping this technology really expands to other venues around the world, and I wish you guys good luck in making that happen. Oh, thank you very much. So next time you walk um, in the street and you see color codes, then you will know it's us, it's Navilens. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about Navilens and how to reach them. So if people would like to find out more about NaviLens itself or download the app, where would you send them? They can go to the App Store or to uh, Google Play. They should type NaviLens, N-A-V-I-L-E-N-S, or NaviLens Go, and they can uh, download the application straight away. We also have a YouTube channel. The name is the same and a website, so www.navalins.com. Is there an email address if anybody wants to ask questions specifically? All right, so it's info at navalins.com. And if there's a venue who is interested in using this technology in their environment, can they contact you through that website? Is this available all over the world now if they want to do it? Yes, it is. It is available. That's the way they should contact us. And as usual, you'll find all of that contact information in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. So if you want to try it out, go to those show notes and find out more. We'll also have a link to a review article about the technology and how it's used. 
That's it for show number 1935. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about a completely different kind of navigation. If you can't see with your eyes, you need other ways of recognizing your environment in order to maneuver through it. Like bats, humans can use echolocation. We will speak with Daniel Kish and Jay Steele Lockhart of World Access for the Blind about their flash sonar technique, an echolocation system they have developed and teach worldwide. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show, or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.